The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. For Samuel, maybe it needs to be charged, I don't know, but just maybe it's, it's protesting this morning. I need a break. First Samuel chapter 16. From verse 1. Are you there? It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Remember, this is God literally initiating a movement. The Lord said. So this season is about what God intends to carry out. It was not the prophet that moved. It was God that moved him. It was initiated by the Lord. The Lord said when the Lord commands it, nothing can stop it. The Lord said. It was not like Samuel went to the Lord and said, you know what? What do we do concerning Israel? I'm praying. Change things. No. It was the Lord that said. What we are in presently, God is the one that is leading it. The Lord said. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul happens to be the king of Israel at this particular time. Can you imagine God is the one asking you to stop interceding? Stop interceding. Lord, touch his heart. Change his mind. And God says, stop. For how long will you mourn for him? He said, seen I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. The same Saul who was once called, who had an encounter with the Lord, who even prophesied, finding himself among what? Prophets. And now God is saying, I've rejected him. I declare, you will not be rejected in your generation. May you not develop an attitude that makes God to change his mind concerning your assignment. Because this was a man assigned by God. And some of you say, oh yeah, it's the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament, I know people that have been rejected in their generation. People that showed so much promise and everybody knew, everybody knew there was a strong call of God upon his life. Everybody, you know, was expecting him to do much. And all of a sudden, it just begins to fizzle out. And why? He says, I resist the proud. Are you listening to me? I resist the proud. You know, it's one thing for somebody to be fighting you. Oh, he doesn't like me. But when God is the one saying, I'm the one leading this fight. I'm the one saying, you won't go beyond this. Why? Because of the state of your heart. I can't work with you. And you know, there are certain attitudes that can actually cause such resistance. One of such attitudes is highly esteemed or should I say overestimation of your will 
I know what I want. I've been privileged to, to pastor a number of fools over the years. He does not end well. People are sitting you down. For example, there's somebody I sent for yesterday. I said, I want to see him. And hopefully, he will come and see me before I leave. Because I'm not happy with him. Have you ever met somebody that justifies offense? How many of you have met people like that? They are offended and they are like, it's my right to be offended. May you not be resisted by God. No, no, that's not the gospel. Shut up. You know, one of the things I'm going to be doing this week is some of the leaders meeting I'm going to be having is, you know, some of the extremes and heroes in the name of we're preaching the gospel, we're preaching grace. There are certain fundamentals and principles that are forever. God resisted him. Can you imagine God telling his prophet, stop interceding for him. Stop waiting on him. I'm done. I've, I've brought a word from the Lord this morning that says, simple, very simple. In this season, there are certain souls in different spaces that God is done with. They are kings of their spaces and they've been kings for years. Everybody celebrated them. Everybody know they are, they are the one controlling that space. I hope you understand what I mean by space. No, there are different spaces. There's IT space. There's government space. And God is saying, it's back to life. Okay. Who killed it? Yeah, but why, why was it dead before? So there are kings in different spaces that God is saying, I'm done with. Some of us, we understand what they do wrong. Some of us, some of them, we just notice that it's like grace has been removed from their head. You know, it's God. I feel an anointing of the Holy Ghost. You know, this morning, some of you noticed I knelt down before I went forward. You know, one of the things God has taught me in the last few years is if you want to go higher, you must know how to bend your knees. Should I say it again? If you want to go what? Higher. You must know what? How to bend your knees. All these, in the name of you are one with Christ. You are now like, okay, yeah, we're a joint partner now. Yes, it made you joint partner. But does that mean you should lose your mind? And forget that it's the one you worship. It made you one with him. What a great privilege. <laughs> but you better be committed to his worship forever and ever. So, God to a point and God says, I can't allow you to compromise my plan. I'm done. And I had the Lord say, in this activation season, there are souls in different spaces that God is saying is done with. Do you know, it was a secret plan of God that even Samuel had no idea of. 
Can you imagine? Samuel was still there interceding for Saul. Lord, oh, do something in Israel. Not knowing God already had a plan. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I feel this morning that somebody under the sound of my voice is God's secret plan. Can I announce something about the Holy Ghost? Because God is about to reveal his secret plan in this season. It was so secret that even the prophet, as prophetic as he was, had no idea. He was still interceding. Oh, let it be, let it be a change of hearts for Saul. And God said, uh, Uncle, stop your intercession. There's a new plan. I have God news for you this morning. You are the new plan. Yeah. That amen is weak, oh. The last COVID test I did on your amen did not pass. He passed antigen test, but not PCR. Come on, shout amen like your life depends on it. Because when you say amen, you say, I agree with it. I concur. God has a what? A secret plan. And you are that plan. Lift up your two hands prophetically. Shout, I receive. Samuel had no idea. God kept it from everyone, including his prophets. And suddenly, he told Samuel, get up, get up, get up. It's time to activate the plan. And that's why I call this season an activation season. I speak as a prophet of God. God has been preparing somebody at the backside of the said desert and nobody knows about it. But God is saying, this is the time. And he can't wait again. He can't wait. Can you imagine God telling, Samuel, go get up. I'm still praying. Get up. Someone say, I pray in the spirit, I should know everything. There are certain things that we keep from you, it will keep you from the pastor, from the prophet, from the apostle. I got God's secret plan. Get up, go to Bethlehem. I have the next king in the house of Jesse. Samuel was concerned, he said. What a how do I carry this? This is sad. This is kind of crazy. There's still a king. And you said that there are kings, quote and unquote, that some of the, some of you are still calling kings. But as God, as far as God is concerned, he has, he has removed the title. The title is on earth, but in heaven, it's no longer there. He has removed the title. And he has said, Hello, sir. God said, this one. The plan has moved. Get up! I have the next king prepared. And it's in the house of Jesse. And he said, how will I carry out this operation to go and anoint a king when there is still a king? And God said, don't worry, don't worry. It's my plan. I have it all planned out. What you're going to do is that you're going to tell them that you are coming to sacrifice to the Lord. Is somebody following me this morning? You're going to what? Sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse and tell him, bring his sons to him. So Jesse and sons limited came. I can imagine Jesse was wondering, ah, 
Why will the prophet invite me to the sacrifice? Oh, somebody is about to get an invitation this season. Hey, Debbie, you know there's some invitation, they are heavy. You don't even have an, you've not touched the surface. You are getting this, they invite me to the sacrifice. It's much more than that too. Ah, can I speak freely as a prophet? Because God is about to blow somebody's mind beyond his wildest imagination. In me, JC. If you go and read about David later, when he was talking about the house he came from, it was a commoner. He said, In me, me. I can imagine what JC is like. Okay, they say we should come. Sons. The prophet is in town or he's doing sacrifice and we have a special invitation to sit on the high table at the sacrifice. Ah, everybody was disturbed. Eliab was dressing up. Shama, I mean, you know, the rest of them was decking all the seven sons. Well, he actually had eight sons. But there was a son that nobody remembered. Because as far as they are concerned, that one, that one that tends the sheep. Can you imagine the prophet say, you come to the sacrifice with all your sons. Even if it's half, seven and a half sons, it's still your son, is it not? A prophet over a nation invites you to a sacrifice, an invitation that you have never received before. Think about it. Even if it's a dog in your house, take it along. But your own son, you left him with the sheep. Because apparently, nobody was David. That's my boy. Can I speak freely as a prophet? There are people, some of you, they are calling small boys. Small boys. It's okay. Let them keep on killing you, calling you small boys. It's okay. Don't fight it. Relegated, forgotten, abandoned. But God is saying, you are the plan. Hallelujah. Hey. Even your pastor, senior pastor has no idea. Your boss has no idea. But guess what? God has made up his mind. So here was Jesse with all his sons. Supposedly, but one. But one. And they were at the sacrifice. And all of a sudden at the sacrifice, the prophet stood up. He said, okay, 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 Jesse, can you line up your sons one after the other? The first one came. Eliab, well built. It looks like it. The prophet was thinking. You know, God told him, he said, I've chosen one of the sons of Jesse to be the next king. So when Samuel saw, ah, he said, this is it. <laughs> Lord, I thank you. God said, stop prophesying. This is pro prophet line. Is your flesh talking? Not me. And you know the next thing God said? He said, I've rejected him. Another subtraction says, I've refused him. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Give me water, please. Give me water, please. This is an activation service. I have rejected him. I've what? I've refused him. Move on. This is not the plan. I have a plan. This is not the plan. 
Go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and verse 6. He says, so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely, <laughs> surely the Lord. Thank you. Surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. <laughs> the next verse, verse 7. <laughs> but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. You know, there are people that don't look like it now. Yeah. And you are basing it on how they look. And the people that look like it, God is saying, no. He said, I don't look at physical stature. Because I have refused him. So there's something God is looking for in the next king. Should I say it again? There is something God is what? Looking for in the next king. He's looking for it. And for as, God, as, for, uh, as far as God is concerned, Eliab does not have it. Now, if you go to chapter 17, you will realize... One of the reasons why he could never have been Eliab. Look at the way he attacked David, his own brother. Just because his brother was, you know, finding information, was finding out information about, you know, what was going on in the battlefront. Come on, what's going to happen? You know, what will be done for anybody that is able to bring down this fool? It's just all over the place challenging the army of the Lord. Your own brother. Look at how he attacked him. He said, I know you are proud and I know of the naughtiness of your heart. Ah, ah, your brother. He said, in the, in the first place, what are you doing here? Are you not supposed to be with those few sheep? Your brother. The question is, who is actually proud? David or Eliab? Well, I love what David did. Because one of the things you're going to learn in this season is how to dodge distraction. You know, someone else would have been crushed by the statement that Eliab made. But David could not be crushed. He shook it, he shook it off. The Bible says he turned away from him. And he kept on asking the, the question. I need more information. This is a mission. God has a plan. And I'm not going to allow some fool who calls himself my elder brother to derail me from God's plan. Somebody under the sound of my voice, we have to make up his mind in this season. No distraction. Lift up your two hands and shout, no distraction. There are going to be people that the devil will send to hurt you. They will lie about you. They will call you names. That are not your names. I remember those days on campus. The holidays of this commission. After God has spoken to me. What was I now? I was called a fornicator. And I was a virgin. How can somebody who does not have a girlfriend be a fornicator? I went to boys high school. No girls. So I don't even know how to talk to girls. It took the grace of God to know how to toast. In fact, you don't want to know how to toast. I toasted my wife. It was only ghosts. It was a combination of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, you know. 
you have to use what you have now. I didn't go up on the streets. I grew up in the anointing. So you have to use the anointing. You know, some fight with sword with I've come in. So I came in the name of the Lord. I sat my wife down and I began to interrogate her. I was and I was pulling word of knowledge. I was shakalakata. <laughs> One of these days I will tell you how not to receive a no. <laughs> Did you hear me? How not to what? Receive a no. Maka suto. You want to toast again? Let's have a worship session. Lift up your hands. Mankata. I sense they are nothing. Lay your hands on her. She falls under the power. You, she just fell under the power. Now, when she's down recovery, say, by the way, God has been. Of course, you will listen. I mean, they called me all manner of names. I was accused of things I never did. In fact, I had, I remember we had this course, Signs and Wonders those days. Oh, the leadership bootcamp this week is going to be massive. Because I, I'm going to be sharing some stories with some of you that you did not know. There was a banner we did, there's called Signs and Wonders. They said, we made that banner with blood. Human blood. They said, because we wrote scores, Signs and Wonders in red. I've been accused of getting my power from strange places. Say, look at the way people fall under the power. When, when it's ministry, is it normal? I've never seen a babalawo before, apart from Nollywood. I don't even know how their shrine looks like. I've never been taken there. I've never been there. I, I, I've never sought for any strange power all my life. And yet, I was at, and some of the people that led the accusation, they, they, they were, it was like they were inspired by the devil. Say, I know him. I know him. Do you really know me? They said it with so much audacity. The same way Eliab came. Ladies and gentlemen, the next king must know this. There will be oppositions, there will be adversaries. And most of the time, the adversary will come from your father's house. David was eventually anointed among his brothers. Look at the contention that Joseph had with his own brothers. His own brothers put him in the pit with plans to have him killed. Then later sold him as a slave. And a lot of these things are not natural. Now it's because the devil is smelling something massive is coming. He does not have a full idea of what is about to happen, but he can sense it. The same way, look, look at how Herod came after all the kids in Israel just because he was after Jesus. There's certain opposition that you will have to deal with, but listen, it's beyond you. It's because of the calling upon your life for a generation. You must know how to shake off the distraction and focus. Somebody shall focus. David was focused. I'm here on an assignment. So back to the original story. The prophet was in town. Everybody was supposed to be there. Talking about everybody in the house of Jesse. But there was one that nobody bothered to bring along. Even if Jesse forgot. What about the seven of his brothers? Ah, ah, no. This is not right now. Let's go and call David. How come none of the seven brothers fought for him? Have you thought of that? 
Sassibly now, prophet said we should come. We are not complete. That's how relegated David was. On the surface, it looked like relegation, but it was God's plan. I don't know what I'm talking to this morning. God has been hiding you somewhere. And some of you are complaining. But guess what? You are getting the best training for your next assignments. Oh, somebody hearing me. You know, somebody will leave this meeting and will get excited about where he is right now. Because he will come to a revelation that this is a training for my next assignment. God has allowed this season to prepare me for a greater future. I don't know who I'm talking to. You are getting frustrated on your job. I got to leave. I got to leave. And God says, stay there. Every time you pray and you really listen, you sense it's not yet time. Oh, everybody's just, just I mean, stepping over me, you know, taking advantage of, of me. They, they don't regard me. How many times have people moved away from their destiny just because they don't feel appreciated? If there was anybody who had the right not to complain of not being well appreciated, it should have been David. How many of you agree with me? How can you go to the prophet when the prophet asks you to bring all your sons and you leave one out? Let's go back to 1 Samuel. Is somebody getting blessed this morning? 1 Samuel chapter 16, go to verse 7. Oh, wow. It's a season of activation. He said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance he said, or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. Apparently, there are certain things that God is looking out for. He said, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the hearts. Hearts. Boy, 20, 20 something minutes cannot do justice to this. I have a lot to say. Don't worry. Some of you will be back in the dashi boot camp. We'll break it out. The heart. Somebody shout the heart. You know, talking about the heart, I remember, you know, when we came into the what of faith movements and, you know, new creation identity. You know, there were some of the things that we said those days that now thinking about it, they were not right. And I'll be the first person to, like, admit they were not right. Oh, you know, your heart is always right because you're recreated, you must be. Listen, gentlemen, a lot of places, or should I say a few places in the Bible, the word heart and spirit, I use what interchangeably. But you know what? Most of the places, when the Bible is referring to heart, it's not just talking about your spirit, but it's talking about what accompanies your spirit, which we know as what? Soul. And in your soul compartment, what do you have? You have your mind, you have your will, and you have what? Your emotions. Now that you are saved, you know, your recreated human spirit is as good as Jesus. Come on, is that right? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, he said that is joined with the Lord is what? One spirit with him. So it's not like Jesus' spirit is hanging on one corner and your spirit. No, you are that fused. And of course, it's so important for you to know that everything that Jesus has is already yours. I give an illustration in, in Abuja. Let, let me share that illustration. You know, a lot of us were like that woman who married into wealth. Some of you would love to marry into wealth, single woman. But raise up your hand, my friend. I'm not you. Have you not suffered enough? Okay. <laughs> You've been carrying the cross forever. <laughs> Let's sit. <laughs> Lord said unto my Lord, sit. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so this woman married into wealth. Are you following me? But there's a problem. She's so used to where she's coming from that even after she has married into the world, she is difficult for her to take full advantage of what the new husband has. And there is a joint account that's been opened by the virtue of their union. And she has equal access. The one that opened the account has given her equal what? Access. So she can draw as much as the owner, I mean, the, the original person that opened the account. But because of the mindset she's coming from, she would rather go to the bank and ask for money from her previous accounts before marriage. I said, can I have some $50,000 for 50,000 naira from that account? And they say, ah, ma'am, you don't have enough deposits. And all she needed to do was just present the joint account. Because the joint account is unlimited. She has equal access by the virtue of her union. But because of lack of, or should I, let me just say, because of unrenewed mind, she still thinks she's broke. How many Christians are like that? You married into wealth. You married into health. You married into deliverance. You married into preservation. You married into long life. You married into every good thing. But what you still see is your previous account that says you are broke, you are sick. Nothing is working. Try everything. Gets nothing. What is it? The account has changed. Or should I say, there's a new account. That you have access to, although you did not open it, you have full access to it by the virtue of your union with the one that opened it. Unrestricted, unlimited access, but you are denied because of unrenewed mind. You still think like you are broke, not realizing the day you said, I do, you became wealthy. And what is stopping you from manifesting the wealth is not. It's nothing but your unrenewed mind which has not helped you we are receiving of the new estate that you have married into is concerned. So I'm aware that your spirit is loaded. It has everything that Christ has. Your spirit is as good as what? Christ. But, but you know, when, when we say, oh, somebody needs to grow spiritually, it's actually more of the soul compartment coming into an awareness 
of what is already in the spirit. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 says, acknowledging all the good things which are in you. But until your soul catches up with your spirit, what your spirit carries will not matter. You will still live broke, though you have an account that says it's full. In the same vein, a recreated human spirit who has the capacity of God, who has the nature of God, who has the DNA of God, can have certain things in his soul. That will not enable him to maximize his capacity in the spirit. So it's possible for a believer with an unrenewed mind, or should I say unsaved soul, to be refused. So even in the New Testament, it's possible for your heart not to be right if your, your mind has not been renewed. And you just realize this prayer thing is not working. The reason why it's not working is because there are certain things in your soul that has not been what? Reprogrammed. There was something wrong with Eliab in his soul. And God said, it can't be this one. And chapter 17 proved it. Eliab would have been another terror in Israel. Look at the way he charged at his brother. You are naughty. You are proud. Uh-uh. Well, you know, the, some of you have met people that just love to pull you down. If you have met some, can you wave your hands? Uh, the rest of you are lying. Because there are a bunch of people. You know, I had a reunion with my high school classmates, I mean, this past Monday. And it was fun. We shared stories of terrors. You know, I can understand terrors from higher class. What about terrors in your class? We had one boy like that. You know, I won't mention his name. But everybody mentioned his name in that meeting. Ah! That boy was a terror. He terrorized us. Even after I finished high school, I will see him coming on a street. I will cross to the other streets. He will just see you from nowhere. Ah! Your classmates! From, from one to from five, he terrorized us. Everybody adds stories of his terrorization. Even before terrorism became an occupation. <laughs> it was my first... I don't know if you had people like that in your school. When your mates bullies you. And it's not just you, everybody. There was, in fact, one of these days, I, I would love to meet him. And God gave me an opportunity a few years. I mean, several years ago, I went to minister at Global Affairs Ibadan. And as I was preaching, I looked up and I saw him seated. Ah! I was like, God, give me a strange anointing today. Can you come here? Come here, come here, come here, come here. Lift up your hands. Take it! Is it not the move of God? <laughs> Take it! Take it! Take it! The boy was smiling at me and I was not, I was not really smiling. 
as I was preaching and looking in his direction, I remembered all the, all the, I mean, I'm like, Lord, why not just give me a word for this boy? Give me an opportunity to slap him a little bit. At least under the anointing. Take the power of God. I said, take the power of God. 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 (laughs) That's how I felt. The boy terrorized us. I believe Eliab would have been another terror in Israel. And that's why, you know, concerning his other brothers, God was just saying, not this one, not this one. He said, no, I've refused this one. It was emphasis. No, no, no. I'm dealing with a soul. Then I will not get an Eliab. No, no, not this one. May the Lord not refuse you. Do you know an unrenewed mind can cause your refuser? In spite of the fact that you have everything in your account, you will not be able to withdraw. Because you fail to renew your mind. You fail to renew your mind. There are certain promotions that God cannot give certain people. And he loves them all. But he cannot promote them. Because anyone that promotes a fool is a fool. So God said no to Eliab. Because something was wrong with his heart. But there was a David, as I round up, there was a David that was different. They thought they were punishing him. They were relegating him. By let him stay with the sheep. Let's go further. Let's go further down. First Samuel chapter 16, I believe, which should be in verse 8 now. Oh God. First Samuel Verse 8 says, so Jesse called Abinabab and made him to pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. At least this one. There's no have refused him. It can't be this one. And Jesse made Shammah to pass by and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Continue please. And Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen this. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains. In fact, look at the way he said, the youngest. Is it a crime to be the youngest? He was overlooked because he was the youngest. Have you been overlooked before? You are saying, I'm there. And nobody even noticed you. What does he have to say? Maybe you are the youngest in your office presently. His idea is okay. What does he know? When did he join the industry? What does he have to offer? They are saying, I've got news for you. God loves to work with underdogs. No, he spoke to me recently. He said, this is the season of underdogs. The relegated, the despised, unwanted, abandoned, rejected, They have been passed over, over and over again. There remains the youngest, and there he is, keeping or tending the sheep. Oh, he's just there keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. (laughs) I love that. God says they have, they have abandoned you. They have, they have treated you lightly. They have despised you. They have called you names. You know, they just they treat you like you are not there. 
But heaven is saying, until he comes, there's no appointment. So he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy, good looking, with bright eyes, and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise! <laughs> Arise! Arise! Anoint him, for this is the one. You know, I'm one of those strange prophets who gives title to their message at the end of the message. So the title of this message is, This is the one. This is the one. How many of you feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost? No story. This is the one. Even Samuel is wondering, why didn't you tell me from the beginning? We would not have gone through all this drama. But God is saying, I'm hiding the best. The best might not look like it. The, the best might have been despised. They, 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 might, they might be kept at the backside of the desert right now. But God says, they are my secret plans. This is the one. I see a generation rising from the backside of the desert. They have been despised. They have been ignored. They have been, they have been called names. You know, they have been abused. They have been relegated. But what you don't know is that while you were tending the sheep, God was preparing you for the palace. The best training that David needed was with the sheep. Oh, he's with the sheep, the youngest. But what did they know is that we're the sheep of his pasture. Hey. Hey. He rose in another place and said, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, they said, just be the shepherd boy. But what he needed was to learn what it means to be a sheep. So the Lord kept him with the sheep. Because that was what Saul was missing. Saul did not know how to be a sheep. But here was David. who understood the dynamisms of sheep. Because he has been with the sheep for so long. He has walked with them. He has, you know, he has defended them. You know, when, when you say a sheep is defenseless. David understood. Because there were times that bears came at them and lions came at them and he as a shepherd had to go after the lion and go after the bear to rescue them. You know, there are several animals, you know, that have some, some sort of defense mechanism. In fact, there's one called, a, a, you know, there's a particular one, skunk. Skunk. I don't think we have skunk in our country. But skunk is one sluggish. It looks like rabbit, but it's longer. Hey. The smell can kill you. So I said, how do you know? Somebody in my house has experienced it before. Not my children, it's my dog. My dog is a very adventurous dog. So my, my sister-in-law lets Echo out one day, one evening. Not knowing that we don't let him out. Like that. It's just crazy. So here was, and my compound is relatively big. So here was echo all over the place in the compound. And he saw a skunk. Just doing his own thing. But echo will not let the skunk rest. So he charged at the skunk. Hey! And the skunk released it. It was a spray like the anointing. Take it! So echo took it and he was like this. So he ran back to the house. And my sister-in-law was wondering. And the moment Echo entered, there was a fragrance. So here was, all, here was I finishing the midweek service, coming back home. And I was notified on the phone. 
echo has been scorned. So I told my wife, I said, I'm not sleeping in that house tonight. Not under the influence of skunk. I said, I'm checking myself into Marriott Hotel. Because I know what it means to be under the influence of skunk. Just driving on a road that where a skunk has been killed for a whole week. You'll be like, what, what just happened? But that was his, that is his defense. Some have horns, some have sharp teeth. You know, all manner of defense. But a sheep is defenseless. But there's something about a sheep. What it does not have in his build, he has in his shepherd. You know, a sheep is so dumb that if you turn it upside down and you put it on his back, it will stay like that. You have to come back and turn it again. But if there's anything a sheep has, is the ability to pick up the sound of his shepherd anywhere. That mechanism was built into it. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 27, he said, my sheep, they know my voice. Hey, we are the sheep of his pasture. He said, they know my voice. If there's anything, can you get on your feet, everybody? If there's anything that would be key for you in this season is to be with the sheep long enough, like David, and come to a point where his voice because what God is about to do is connected to his voice. If you can't pick up his voice, you will miss his will. You know, and please don't trust yourself too much. I know what I'm doing. I have plans. Ah. Even Jesus, who had no sin, who did no sin, and there was no sin in him, at some point, had to, you know, fight his will. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. His will said, do we have to die? Life doing. Can you see people? And you will now just go and die. He had to say, Not my will, but your will. In this season of activation, your will will not become your hindrance. I repeat again I say, Your will will not become your hindrance. All this, I know what I want. I've prayed about it. I know what God is telling me. Most of the time, what you are hearing is your soul. Not necessarily your spirit. Remember, there's a soul that is so close to your spirit. And it takes the word of God to separate it. And that's why we have systems that look at church. You have pastors over you to help you as shepherds. But when you get to that point that nobody can speak to you, you know it. Ah, Boy, you are setting yourself up. Or I had the Lord saying, tell them this morning, I have Davids that have been keeping the sheep, that have been coming to an understanding of how a sheep functions. And when it's time to replace the king in the palace, I'm coming after them. Because once they show up, there will be a voice saying, arise, anointing, for this is the one. I came with a prophetic word this morning to announce over you as my first fruit. In this season, you are the one. Oh, you did not hear me. After today, some strange things will begin to happen around you. From nowhere, you will become a celebrity. If they will have to pass seven managers to get to your office, they will pass them. People will be refused so that you can become the next. Vash tiles, we have to walk out of the palace. 
so that some Esthers can become the queen. Even by the time you look at the situation, it does not make sense. Why did they let him go? It's because Esther must come in. It was never about Vashti. It has always been about God's purpose. And Esther has to be that purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, I came with a prophetic word. This is a season of activation. You can't afford to be distracted. Stay with the sheep. When it's time, it's time. Oh, they didn't take you to meet the prophet. It does not matter. The prophet will not leave until you come. Hey, you, are, you not, are you listening to me? Oh, everybody has gone. Where did they go? They went nowhere. Until I show up, nothing is going to happen. The word of the Lord, the prophecy over your destiny will not go unfulfilled. I came to declare God has a plan. Even Samuel the prophet knows nothing about it. Saul in the palace who has expired literally knows nothing about it. Everybody in town is wondering, why is the prophet here? In fact, when he showed up, they asked him the question, have you come peaceably? He said, I've come. Because a prophet does not just show up. But God moved this prophet into operation. And he said, I have a plan. And I came to announce this morning, you are the plan. Maybe you are the very reason why I came for this trip. Maybe you are the very reason I'm here. 10, 10, 20, 21. Speaking this word over you. Because you are the one that must show up. You must show up. Because the king in the office has been refused. And you... Who has been kept with the sheep must be revealed. So I came this morning to announce over the ones that have been with the sheep. Your season to rule. Your season to reign. Your season to administer has come. Look at me. Do you know the moment that oil was poured into David? The office moved there. But interesting enough, David, do you know he still went back to the sheep? <laughs> He still went back to the sheep. You know, I, I, was, I, I was ordaining some people yesterday in Abuja and I told them, I said, please, this is not a coronation. This is an ordination. Hey, don't call me my name again. I'm minister, so, so, and so. Really? Do you know what it means to be a minister? It simply means to be a servant. This thing is about service. And you know, that was what defines David. He went back to the place of service in spite of the fact that Samuel, the biggest prophet in town, has ordained him. He went back serving the sheep. Do you know in the next chapter, we are made to realize that Israel went to war and they still did not take him. This time around, I said, it's the only three people in your father's house that qualifies. They are the one that looks like it. And they left David with the sheep. The one that has the oil to win the battle. Do you know the moment that oil came upon him, he became the headquarter of Israel. Without him, the palace will not run. They had to bring him in for there to be peace in the palace. He had to play skillfully for the evil spirit to leave the palace because the headquarters moved to him. I heard the Lord say, I'm moving the headquarters to some of you, but they still may not recognize you. But don't bother. Just keep on serving. Because the oil is for service. It's not for publicity. It's not for recognition. They did not even recognize him as the one with the oil. They went to the battle without the oil. But here was David serving. Serving his father's purpose with the sheep. And the next thing he was serving the king 
plain instrument, yet he was the one with the oil, the headquarter of Israel. They went to battle without him. They got to the battle in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and see what happened. Goliath's 10 feet tall man harassed them for 40 days and there was no solution. All of a sudden, Jesse remembered, I need to get supplies to my children. And where David was faithfully serving the sheep, they told him, can you come? I see somebody being sent for very soon. Yeah. Initially, when they sent for you, it might not look like something big. But the Lord told me, he said, be smart to know opportunities are coming. And some opportunities as massive as they are, will not even look like it. Oh, but because of the art of David, what did he do? He zealously left the sheep and said, Dad, I'm here to serve you. Because that's what my life is all about. Even the oil that the prophet put on my head is for service. Let me serve. What do you need me for, sir? He said, I need you to carry them uh, loaves of bread and tench uh, uh, cheese to your brother and some of the people that are fighting with your brother. I said, thank you, sir. And he hurriedly ran to the battlefront. Ran to the... Remember the person that is running around like an errand boy has killed a lion, has killed a bear. And yet he was running around like an ordinary boy. Okay. What will you have me do? Some people, you, you touch them with oil. Their head expands. I remember a song several years ago. This, there's some ori, they just need the heat. Where is it swelling to? Say, do you know the person you are talking to? Yeah, we know. I'm a pastor. Then what? A pastor is a servant. Serve. David was ready to serve. A man that has killed a lion and a bear. And they forgot to take him to battlefront. And he got there. He saw how Israel was being embarrassed, ridiculed by an unordinary giant. You know, there are things that people are saying is a lot. The reason why I say it's a lot is because the right person has not shown up. The one with the oil, when he shows up, what seems massive will disappear. David got to the battlefront. He saw the embarrassment Israel was going through. And something inside of him rose up. This is not right. I heard the Lord saying, your opportunity is coming. And when the opportunity comes, you will know by the spirit, this is the opportunity. The same David that was meek, that was gentle, all of a sudden became bold. Hey! He said, why will this uncircumcised Philistine challenge the army of the Lord? There was a distraction through his brother Eliab. But he said, no, you can't stop me. Is this not for a cause? He called him proud. He called him naughty. But he could not be bothered. I'm on an assignment. God told me, he said, the people I'm raising and releasing in this season, they will understand their mission. And when it's time for them to manifest, no distraction will be able to keep them away from their purpose. Is there not a cause? So he went to another man. He said, tell me, what will be done? For anyone that brings down this fool of a giant. They said the king will give him this. He will give them that. And he kept on talking until he got to the ears of Saul. I heard the Lord say, I will set you up supernaturally. Until the right person gets to know about your capacity in the name of Jesus. So Saul said, my son, you are a youth. But this is a man who has been a fighter from his youth. 
say, sir, it does not matter. Let me share some testimonies with you. The same meek and gentle David knew when to be bold and audacious. He said, I once fought a lion. He said, really? I once fought a lion. Ah! Put it up. Put it up. Let's put a hammer around you. Since you have fought a lion and a bear, maybe you can help us. So they put the hammer of Saul around him. Ah, he weighed him down. Because God wants to make a statement. The victory is not going to be by the regular methods. He's not going to deliver Goliath into his hand necessarily because you have a sword but simply because you have the oil. So it was not about the sword. It was not about the spear. It was not even about the shield. It was about the oil. And when the oil is present, ladies and gentlemen, a sling and a stone is enough. I see God releasing that stone through somebody. And people will wonder, just one stone brought down a giant. It was not just a stone. It was because there was oil on the person that released the stone. Have I brought the word of the Lord to you this morning? Is it very clear? It's a season of activation. Stay with the sheep. Be content with your placement now. Because you are God's secret plan. The prophet might not know. Even your father, own father in the house might not know. Your brothers might despise you. Saul in the palace definitely did not know. But God has a secret plan. You are that secret plan. And God sent me as a prophet. And just like he did not tell Samuel, he has not told me. But you are somewhere here. All I know is that I should come to the house of Jesse. And here I am in the house of Jesse. Looking for the next king. Looking for the next king. Where is the next king? Oh, because I'm here to arise and anoint. But I'm looking for the one that God will say, this is the one. This is the one. Because the moment we recognize the one, headquarter is moving there. Even when you go back to the sheep, you are the carriage of the headquarter. As I close, look at how the life of David was summed up in Acts chapter 13 verse 36. And David, after he had served his own generation, according to the will of God, is simply about service. Whether you are serving with the sheep, serving at the palace, not because not as a king, but just serving the king. Or you are serving your father, running errands for him. It's okay. Because if you are the one that God has said, this is the next king, you are the next king. When they ask Jesus, who is the greatest amongst all? And he said, he said the greatest servant is the greatest. The oil is for service. First of all, you have to serve with the sheep before you can serve in the palace. And eventually became the king. But the oil has been present all along. And oil to serve your generation. I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice. That God is about to release into a new space. 
as the next king. That you will recognize the purpose of your oil. And you will serve the purpose of God in your generation. After today, I see opportunities opening for people. In different spaces. In fashion. In IT. In finance. In sports. Because God needs David to serve their generation. Did you receive the word of the Lord this morning? Come on, did you receive the word of the Lord this morning? Please, whosoever put time up there, shut it down. I don't want to see it. It's distracting me. Please, take it away. When you have your next guest speaker, put it up. Not for me. Take it away. <laughs> I'm here for a purpose. There's something about being sensitive to the anointing. Lift up your hands unto heaven. That's why we say just one service today. Because I want to have opportunity to point to you. Okay, I know there's 11, but it's just 10. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Lift those hands up on high. Close your eyes and focus. God, as his next king, prepared for this season. We give you all the glory. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun. Lagos. Email KMI Africa at Kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.